training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola. And I am your producer and co-host, Jake Parker. And we had an awesome talk today, Matt. This woman, Kathleen Doswell, is winning triathlons and she's 70, man. Man, I tell you what, Jake, I have learned so much today. Just from the point where I picked her up at the hotel, she flew here from Nationals. She's from Virginia. She's spending a couple days with us at Pendola Training. She is one of those people that really does eliminate the excuses. She feels better at 70 than most people do at 40. Yeah, and listening to the habits that she has cultivated over those years, the fact that she's 70 isn't even the most interesting part about her. She's got so much to teach. She is such a curious student. She's constantly learning. And I love that she talked today about all of the people that she surrounded herself with to be able to achieve her goals. So Frank Shorter, he's a famous American marathoner, and he was always saying that if you want to be the best, you surround yourself with the best. And Kathleen has certainly done that. But what I love about Kathleen is she doesn't hold herself back and she takes chances. She will email a world-renowned coach and say, hey, would you train me? She will communicate with somebody about nutrition and say, I want to learn more and you're the best at this. Can I come and see you and get tested and find out exactly what would be the best protocol and strategy for me? So this is another example about how Kathleen has found the best process to her success without limiting herself and by surrounding herself with the right culture. Yeah, she seemed like someone who has got no time for that negativity, so she is always going after it. She's energetic. She's inspiring. I hope you listening enjoyed this episode as much as we did recording it. I would also be remiss to not mention that we are joined once again, Matt, by Wynn Allen. Wynn is on her way out. Tomorrow is her last day with us, and we were fortunate enough to get her back into the podcast today, back by popular demand. She is actually our most downloaded guest. People loved Wynn. Yeah. I'm, well, why not? Why wouldn't you love Win? So you get some updates and some perspective from her. And especially it was nice to have Win in today talking with Kathleen. So one female athlete to another and what really works, not for just female athletes, but just for athletes, period. Not for athletes of a younger age, but for athletes at any age. It's not too late to go after your goals. It's a perfect example with Wynn and with Kathleen, how they're both going after 2020 with fire in their bellies. They cannot wait to achieve that next great goal in their life. And that's what keeps them moving forward. That's what keeps them successful. And I just can't wait for you guys to listen and learn to this one. I have learned so much just from doing this podcast today. I love being able to be a part of these conversations. Enjoy this one, episode 27 with Kathleen Doswell and Wynn Allen. 
We are back, and we have not one, but two special guests in the studio with us today. Matt, we have Wynn Allen, the return of the infamous Wynn oh, Allen. Hi, Wynn. Hello. You are here not infamous. only... Yeah, well, the people just, like, they were so divided. Uh, no, I'm kidding. People loved... People our love audience me. loved your podcast. <laughs> if you haven't great. listened to it, it's episode seven. The greatest trainer besides Matt, Wynn <laughs> Allen. She's back. Exactly. Wynn, you haven't quite left for uh, your next adventure yet. Tell me, really quickly what are you about to do i am moving to virginia actually and then after that i am going to be a pilot in the navy pilot in the navy she says yeah. nonchalantly that's a plan yep, no big deal and you're also here because you have been recently working with kathleen doswell she is our special guest for the day. Kathleen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. This is such a nice treat because you have been all over the place recently. You just raced in, what, Tempe, Arizona. You've yes. been all over the country in 2019. You've run five triathlons in 2019 alone. Yes. A couple of running events in there, too. And you've yes. placed first or second in most, if not all, of them. Can you tell me what has the last year been like for you? Fun. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, the work part is I just have no idea what it would take to run so many events. Tell me, what was your favorite of these triathlons that you've done? Actually, they each had their own endearing moments. They did. I mean, every one is different. You can't expect the same performance out of yourself at every single one because the environment's different. The travel. terrain is different. You've got travel. You go to Switzerland. You've got nutrition needs that are different. You've got geography of the land is different. Every one of these events, and I have never been in any two that were the same. It's all, like, it's all like different. A, it's like a snowflake. Everyone yeah. is different. Yes, but still endearing. That's right. And we love having you here today with us. You just flew in from Nationals. And, of course, we know that your process to success, this is all about what we're going to talk about today, having you on the podcast with us, Kathleen. We're honored to have you. Thank you. You have been working with the great, the one and only, Bobby McGee. Yes. Now, we've talked about him on the podcast before, but for those of you just listening for the first time, Bobby is your running coach. And yes. also helped you with the triathlon in general, correct? Yes, he does. He provides me all of what I need. We have other coaches that come in intermittently for the swim and for specific skills development on the bike. But he provides me all the work, the workouts and the training guidance yeah wonderful support when did He's you first awesome. he is awesome <laughs> when did you first meet bobby when did you first start using him as a coach i met bobby in 2014 i had actually well my background is running i was been all my life a pure runner and i had started some years ago to be able to extend my life as a runner doing some cross-training in the pool and on the bike. Hmm. And I was, somehow I got a hold of a, I was searching online or something for training or guidance on how to train more effectively on the bike and on the run and in the swim as a general information for myself about triathlon because I didn't know about it. And on the USA Triathlon website they had 
some videos of people that worked for them, that were their experts, that were talking about each of those different things. I think it's now it's a DVD series or something that they have out. And so that was my first encounter or knowledge of Bobby. And, and the first lecture I heard him give, I was like, okay, I need to know that man. Right. Yes. I think it's partially just his accent. He sounds so... It's just so cool. Yeah. You just like want to talk to him more. Yeah. 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 But no, he But he, he knows. his content, what he was talking about running. And I'm like, this is the stuff that I need to know and understand. So I started searching around online and lo and behold, I found a website. And then I saw that he was having a camp coming up. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm there. Right. And I signed up, and I went. How old were you when you went to his first camp? Uh, that was in 2014. I'm 70 now. 65? 64? Weren't you was too old to be going to triathlon camps or running Well, camps? you know, that did strike my mind initially. And then I thought, because I've gone to different clinics and things like that locally to try and learn and ended up in there with people that were all like 30 years younger than me thinking I was the person that was going to deliver the content. (laughs) No, no, I'm here to learn. (laughs) Well, that's what I love about your story because it's partially why you're on the podcast here today because this is very unique to me. A lot of uh, people, they hit a certain age or they get into a category in their own minds where they think that, okay, I'm too old to learn that. And this is now I'm past my prime, quote unquote. But yet every time you talk about your training with Bobby or you're competing, you're talking about, man, I'm having so much fun and yes. you're enjoying that process. Yes. And so I'd like you to talk a little bit about just your life, where you started in life. Um, where did you, where did you uh, go to school, Kathleen? Well, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia near the Air Force Base, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and I went to private school all through high school, the Catholic schools, and then I went to uh, Old Dominion University, and I worked at, it's now Bank of America, but back then it was Virginia National Bank. I worked there, and I went to school and worked and raised two sons for 17 years while I was living there so i see and did you compete in college no what about high school no 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 okay. and then they didn't and i was running basically and, and i was running on my own and basically because i had so much energy that i i just felt like i had to do something and i just ran i didn't know what i was doing i didn't have any proper shoes nothing and so after school at night, I ran. I ran a mile to school every day. I ran a mile home every day. Sound like a Kenyan. I know, but I didn't do it in bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, I love this story because just do it. I don't know. I heard yeah. that quote somewhere. I can't remember where. Oh. And so, <laughs> Kathleen, this is, this is uh, such a great point because, again, when we're our listener out there taking this in, you can compete at any age. You can compete at any time. You didn't compete in high school and college. 
but it's never too late to be a competitive athlete or just to see what your potential can be at any age. Exactly. Right? So find that within yourself and what is your why. But just because I wasn't an athlete when I was younger or I wasn't a technically competitive athlete, quote unquote, doesn't mean that I can't pursue that now. And sounds like you raised your your boys and Mm -hmm. you uh, had a, you still are married. You have a a husband. What's his name? His name is Charles, yes. Charles. Yes. And Charles supports you in your endeavors, I hear. Oh, yeah. He's a, one of my greatest cheerleaders. Okay. So we're going to keep him? I, I'm going to keep him a while. Keep yeah. him a while longer? Yes. <laughs> how, how long have you guys been married for? Over 20 years. Wow. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's great. So that, that's another example, though, of working with another person in your life to be able to achieve these goals that adds to your support system. Mm-hmm. And so you don't do it alone, right? Nope. And so thanks to Charles for that, right? Yes. So let me ask you, though, when it comes to your career, you um, I'm sorry, you said you studied what in college oh, information now? technology. Information technology. Mm-hmm. So you were talking to me about this before the podcast when we were driving here, just about when we talk about how opportunity – and preparation that yields to success or luck right right? and what did you tell me about your job what you were doing and and what led to success in your career for example constantly seeking ways to learn more about what i was doing from people that were the experts in the area or from books or from more schooling i went to old dominion university I went to University of Richmond and graduated there. I went to Virginia, University of Virginia, and had my master's degree. So I constantly learning and then on the job using those skills and those learnings to help better the organizations that I work for. And I only really only worked for three. The last one was Federal Reserve Bank for 25 years. So. So you were there for a minute. Yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is also <clears throat> something that we talk a lot about with your success now in triathlon. That really was built up over years and years of a foundation that you had in industriousness, enthusiasm, those pyramid of success principles that we talk about. You were building that up in your character, if you will, over the years. This didn't just occur, but you were using these same principles to be successful in the triathlon as well. Absolutely. And so discipline, commitment, putting yourself into it. Yeah. And you're a student, right? You were a student of. Oh, yeah. And and you decided that you were going to be a student of the triathlon. And so you hired the best teacher, which was Bob. Absolutely. I said that man knows his stuff i need to find out what he knows (laughs) right (laughs) so i went to his camp and i learned a heck of a lot that week and weren't you fortunate enough to meet me at that camp you i met at the second camp that i went to okay but and then i the learning was phenomenal (laughs) (laughs) i I have i had to um throw that in because i actually met you for the first time about i guess it was five or six years ago now 2015 i think that's right yeah because 14 i went to bobby's first camp Mm -hmm. and then by some stroke of luck he sent out an email to all of his list saying he had one opening oh wow yeah for 
you know, he was going to take a private client, that he had one opening. And I'm like, I want that. But there's so many people out there. What, what do I have, you know? And Charles said, just send him the email. So right. I did. I love it. And he responded. And two weeks went by. And right about the time I was thinking to myself, okay, I tried. It didn't work. I haven't. I'm not a bad person. You know, mm-hmm. Something else will ha- work. Right. But something is going to work to help me. Right. Don't you know, the next day or so, I got the letter saying, welcome. You, you've been selected. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I get to work with them. I get to work with the best coach in the world. <laughs> well, you took, it, you took a chance. Yeah. Something as simple as that. How many times are we just afraid to take a chance and see what happens? I know. What, what is it going to hurt? I mean, if nothing happens, who cares? Who knows? And Bobby really doesn't take anybody. At, at one point, I had actually, even though I was working as a strength coach with Bobby for his camps and stuff, I had said to him, hey, Bobby, I'm interested in hiring you myself for my duathlon training. And he just, uh, I just, I didn't make the cut. I didn't make the cut. <laughs> didn't make the cut. No, no. And so he's not <laughs> kidding. Like he said, uh, no, you know, Matt, I don't have, I don't have the time. And yeah, you know, and I, I understood that because in my business, I wish I could help everybody out. But the, the truth of the matter is, I cannot take more clients. And I respected that. And I really respect the fact that he's just not in it for, you know, that monetary, I'll take one more person and make that much more money or whatever. It was more about, well, I don't think I can serve more than X amount of people. So I'm not going to take anybody else on. So when he takes on an athlete like you, he means it and he believes in you. Yeah, it's quite humbling. Yeah. So we're not too old to strive, right? Never too old. No, age doesn't even come into it. But we were talking before just in our talk about recovery, for example. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you just shook your head. You said, no, it doesn't take me longer to recover. That was really interesting to me, Kathleen. At 70 years old, you're telling me that you have really good recovery. When I have my sleep and my nutrition on board and I'm following the plan, I can be recovered from a strenuous workout, not the next day, but maybe 36 hours later and I can go into another workout. But the way that my he has my program structured right now, we do focused quality work mm-hmm. five days a week. And the other two days are focused quality recovery. Perfect. He puts it on my schedule. Recover hard. Right. So, I mean, that means, he says, I don't want you vacuuming or raking leaves or cleaning out the camper. (laughs) So, Wynn, what is your experience working with aging athletes, we'll call them, right? We're just, we're going to say that aging athlete. Is that okay, That doesn't include me. No, you're not aging. (laughs) I love it. You're you're feeling younger every year. I love it. I hope everybody listening really (laughs) understands that this can happen at any age, and you're a great example, right? Do you feel better, Kathleen, now than when you were, say, 50 years old? How do you feel compared to... The same. I don't feel like a different person. It's incredible. Uh, It's... Yeah, that's incredible. So when with your aging athletes you've worked with, do you find this recovery is a factor at all? I mean, 
as much as it would be with any athlete, I think. And I, I love what Kathleen said about just her training being smart and quality training, opposed to how much she can do or how heavy she can lift or whatever that is. And so focusing on good sleep, good nutrition, and good quality training, I don't see any reason why anyone can't be an athlete at any age or any time, right? right? That's right. Yeah, so what we're really saying here, join the party, (laughs) Yeah, get on on board. Get on board. I do love, though, that (laughs) Kathleen is talking about how she learned all these, like, qualities that help her as an athlete being a student in the workforce because we kind of do the opposite with our kids at the gym. Like, being an athlete is going to teach you to be a better student, be a better person in the workforce and so i think it's interesting that it worked the exact opposite for you but it's worked out in both ways you were successful in both and i think that's a really cool point that it obviously does correlate because it can work in either direction that's right yeah yeah she took that experience and she developed it towards athletics right yeah whereas our kids are kind of taking that athletics Athletics and and developing it towards their yeah they're really Mm -hmm. universal principles but kathleen i'm wondering you said that you had this unused energy and that is what got you into just running (laughs) casually i didn't know there was running so you must have enjoyed it though because then you started to decide i'm going to take this seriously and i'm going to seek out knowledge and i'm going to ask people for their advice so what characteristic did you have that made you even a candidate to be someone who would enjoy running i think this hunger to just learn and curiosity and something new inquire and well that i hadn't heard about that what is that what's Mm -hmm. that all about you know of course i loved running i I mean it just made me feel so good and i didn't know i was doing a sport or doing a a thing i was just doing it there wasn't any planning it wasn't like okay today i'm gonna go out and run five miles no I would get home from school or something in the afternoon after I ran home from school. Right. And then I would like walk out in the yard and then I'm going to run up there and just run and run back and run back. And then, oh, I'm tired now, so I'll go in. More like play than actual targeted, structured doing. Yeah, you're such a good candidate for this type of work, but did you have the same kind of you know, seriousness behind it? Did you take your rest seriously? Did you know to watch what you were eating because you were going to go run tomorrow? No. You just did it anyway. I just did. I just, when I felt like I had an excess amount of energy and I needed to do something, I ran. That's really good advice. I think I might take that. (laughs) But I wouldn't advise people to do that, you know? (laughs) I mean, I was in grade school and high school when this was going on. And by the time I started taking it, seriously and doing races well that was a whole new structured plan that i would figure out how to work for myself you yeah know? you're in a whole nother world yeah. of people who are doing things differently from how yeah right and i don't want them better than me mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. so there was a little competitive thing in there too by that point but, but in the you still love running? it wasn't there oh yes i love running is my best sport yeah I love it. So, when let me ask you a little bit. We want to debunk some of the myths out there about training and, and in particular training for female athletes. So, mm-hmm. I was just looking at a advertisement the other day for protein for females, right? They've got all of mm-hmm. these ridiculous things out there where I 
cannot stand the marketing out there. People think they're going to get some kind of weird advantage or even thinking that they have to get some sort of special makeup because I'm a female athlete. And how different do you think your training should be for yourself as a female athlete versus if you were training a male athlete, which of course you do? Well, I think your training should be based on the goal that you have and not whether you're a boy or a girl. I mean, your body fundamentally functions the same way. There are some differences, obviously, on some levels, but at the end of the day, if you want to be an athlete, there are certain things you should do to be an athlete, and that doesn't change whether you're a boy or a girl. It just is Wait same. a minute. If you oh. lift weights, aren't you going to get too bulky when? No. No, you're not. When don't I need more protein than you? Only if you're bigger than me. I don't know if I am. I feel like we're the same size. <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, like your body processes protein the same way. So if you have a certain amount of muscle mass, you will need a certain amount of protein to maintain that amount of muscle mass. And my body doesn't metabolize protein in a different way because I'm a girl. It does the exact same thing. So at the end of the day, if we all are eating good quality proteins and strength training effectively, you're going to get stronger and your body is going to sort of streamline. That's sort of how we talk about it into what you need it to do. So if you are a swimmer and you swim a lot, or if you're a runner and you run a lot and you do like a couple bicep curls, you're not going to have huge biceps, right? Your body's going to streamline to what you need it to do efficiently if you're training in the right way. So no, I don't think you're going to get bulky if you lift weights as a girl, as long as you're doing it in an efficient way, your body's going to turn out to the athlete that you need to be if you're doing the right things for it. Hmm, this is interesting. I'm learning You've, a lot. Never here. heard this? Yeah. No. And then Kathleen, I know I've heard that for the marathon, for example, I've heard that you are going to now focus more on the marathon, correct? Yes. But won't your uterus fall out if you train for the marathon? If you run a full marathon? Well, no, that's what they told us in high school, and that's why we weren't running more than 1,500. So, <laughs> Nothing fell out. So we can oh. confirm. Surprise. Confirmed. It is a Nothing, myth. Yes. yes, that is a myth. Yeah. No, so in all seriousness, though, it wasn't that long ago that they didn't even allow female athletes to compete over the 800 meters because they were worried about these things and they were trying to keep female athletes from competing in the, especially the marathon because they believed that your uterus might fall out these kind mm -hmm. of silly notions and so I just love that even though when you were younger you just said during grade school these this is what was told yeah, to in you. high school too yeah in high in the school 60s and I think it was more recent. Back then, I don't know if you remember how you felt about that back then, but did you think that that was true back then? Did you? No. No. And I actually thought it was silly mm. because, remember, I had just been running right. myself, however much I felt like, almost every day, at least two miles to get to and from school. But wait a minute. You ran in grade school in throughout college and throughout your even your career as a mother and as at the bank and yeah. at the bank how come at 70 years old you didn't run your knees out because i heard that running is bad for your knees and eventually you'll just have no more cartilage you'll just grind your knees out that's weird too how did this happen that you still can run at 70 i don't think that that's true you must be you must have really bad knees kathleen uh, i have no bad anything <laughs> 
She's Whoa. my knees are fine. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> my joints are fine. Okay, so I've been. I, I'm you know, optimal. You're optimal. Yes. There you go. <laughs> so of course, you know, I'm leading this conversation because I am just bringing up the things that are oftentimes talked about or or thought of that we need to debunk here. But of course, we did your testing today for your evaluation, where we're looking at uh, balance, proprioception, range of motion things like this. And we talked about things being optimal and things being about less optimal. But even on the things with you that need to have a little bit of recognition so we can get a little bit more optimal, you didn't have any gross deficiencies, which is, you know, I'll give those kudos again to Bobby and then we'll stop We'll stop talking about how great Bobby is because uh, we all know that by now. Hopefully, everybody listening can understand that really I explained to you that your body is just a stack of joints and we're looking for that optimal centigration. So these are things that we're really looking at, but it's not about our age. It's not about how old we are. And one thing that came up today in the assessment was you said to me, at 70 years old, I read that mm. I should be having a major dip now in my cycle, right? So explain that. What did you read about? Well, I actually had read that sometime around the age of 70, things start to really drop off in the area of muscle mass and the human body's ability to perform. Okay. So now your uterus is going to fall out. No, now I'm going to lose the guns and my delts and all of that. I I can't take that. Okay. I'm just trying to keep up with it. I want to understand. Okay. So so, um, we we talked about what really happens and there's, well, there's different markers. So when I turned 40, this was also supposed to be a major factor losing my testosterone as I aged. And I told you today, there's no... Uh, magic number with 70. It's not like all of a sudden everything starts to dip. But what really the issue tends to be is they're looking at general population. They're looking at the overall statistics. And what generally does happen is at 70, people have not really taken care of themselves and they have not really done the work to remain optimal in their function so they get a lazy boy and now they just pull on the handle helps them get in and out of that chair they don't even have to get up on their own anymore their rating or in this case we're talking about just their gait as they walk tends to slow down they're hunched over they start to really default on their joints and put a lot of stress on their lower back for example and they start walking slower and slower and less and less and that is essentially what causes them to age quickly that is what i have seen just over years of working with athletes. So we know now after talking today that we don't have to be concerned that we're 70 because you, Kathleen, are in that 0.1% of the elite for your age, and you don't show me any signs of slowing down anytime soon. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, in her testing today, she didn't test like a 70-year-old. Like, you tested like an elite athlete. Like, we were getting really picky in those numbers. Like, oh, we would rather have her a quarter of an inch more on this or what. Like, we were pretty picky. We're not even that picky with our high school kids. So 16th, two, what what do you think it is when one 16th, two 16th? Yeah, 
which we don't do that with all of our athletes. No. So it's a testament to you okay. yeah. just as an athlete, not yeah. as an older athlete. Excellent. No, exactly. You tested like an elite athlete mm-hmm. and like any other elite athlete, they're coming to us for the one, two, three percent difference. And that's what I'm looking at. And that's a great point when mm-hmm. I'm looking at that as a performance standard where we can help serve her to get that one to three percent that would really help her get even to that next level but that's really what we were getting picky about not the fact that she was 70 years old and doing this test no i mean if i had looked at that sheet not knowing who you were not knowing your age i would have said that you were a 25 year old based on those numbers like they were par with a lot of our pretty high-end athletes thank so. you we talked about this today too if i had a hundred athletes in today if i had a hundred kids in or anywhere between your age now and say a 16 year old we would probably have you in that one percent category mm-hmm. there might be one of you out of a hundred that tests that well wow yeah so that's amazing that's amazing and, it's a and gift kudos to you but see you didn't just get lucky again no, I yeah i don't think lucky. that's a gift i think that is a testament to who you are and your training and what you've been doing with your body this your whole life probably so yeah. we should all be more like kathleen <laughs> we should be and, and hopefully <laughs> we are inspired to be i am after this Absolutely. conversation right? yeah so i'd like to switch gears and talk a little bit about just how you stay so active like day in the life of kathleen you get up in the morning what time do we get up in the morning kathleen well Usually. it's actually pretty structured sure yeah that's fantastic so, so i always thought this was just somebody else's idea that the human body loves consistency. And so I thought that it was just one of those wives' tales. But internally, I embraced it. And I found that if I let my body wake up naturally, then I'm able to do things more easily and better in the day. So I don't use an alarm. And I didn't the whole time I worked. I got my body clock set at a certain time, go to bed at a certain time, get up at a certain time, and then I have my little routine that I do when I get up, and then I check to see what's on the schedule for my workouts. I like to do that the night before, but sometimes, depending on the period of training that we're in, or if it's a a race coming up, or if we're recovering, or depending on what's happening, you can't predict or you can't plan You have to go by the day and see when you wake up, how's that body doing? How are those legs feeling, you know? Ah, And then plan. You use some mental flexibility. Yes, mental flexibility. We just talked about that today in our your learning log and we gave you a little assignment for tonight. Exactly. And that's just a perfect example of mental flexibility where you need to make some adjustments for that day based off how your legs are feeling. Right, But yes. you also have demonstrated some discipline equals freedom with what you're talking about, too, yes. because you have a plan and you still have some structure and discipline around your day, and that equals freedom, and you can make better decisions. Sometimes you need to have some flexibility and make some changes because you have the thought process yields you to being able to perform optimally, not just physically, but mentally, too. You're very exactly. sharp for any age, not just 70. You're very sharp. You're very charismatic. You have so much energy. I've been thinking that today when when we 
picked you up from the hotel. You flew in from Virginia, which just so honored that you would spend this time with us. Well, actually, you flew back from Nationals, Phoenix. from, from yeah. Phoenix. Mm -hmm. But spending this time with us, it's it's already been amazing. But the entire day, she's just, just bubbling with energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like... Yeah, she's like cracking jokes. I, and the, I, I would hang out with you all day. You're fun. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's fun. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And your, your charisma, your attitude, it's so addictive to me because I just want to take some of that and bottle it up and drink it. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's so... You're just so excited about life. Yeah, it's I fun. Like. It's fun. Like everything we say, you're like, oh, wow, that's so neat. And you want to know more yeah, about it, which I, know. I think a lot of people lack. A lot of things I don't like, know about, you know, and I need to learn these things. Well, not everyone feels that way, so that is a really good quality, I think. <laughs> yeah, what you what you focus on is what you feel. We talk about that a lot, but obviously, you're so focused on the positives, and you love mm -hmm. to learn. and And I think that feeling also gives you better energy and and gives you a little bit more joy and passion into everything you're doing, even when it's not just running or, or training. It's obvious that you're so excited about life and just learning and the things that we were talking about today in your assessment, we have athletes that, you know, really could care less about what we're uh, finding in the assessment. Just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. But you, you were very interested in, okay, so if I have this internal rotation in my hip, we're looking at my TFL. Why is that? You know, and that is amazing to me that you're that involved in the process, which just excites me. I can't, tomorrow we're going to show you the movements that we're going to use to I'm optimize. I'm excited. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm excited because I love it when I get an athlete that's that involved and, and really cares that much about the why. It gets me going as a coach too, which, you know, even that in itself, you come back to Bobby taking you on as an athlete. Now that I've been around you a little bit longer, Longer, man, I would take you as an athlete too, even if I had to push somebody else out. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you know, she's gonna do the work because she's so excited about it. Like, we know you're gonna go home and do these things every day, twice a day, or whatever we say. <laughs> right. And so, we're actually gonna get results instead of doing all this work and giving it to someone. And they're like, well, yeah, I do it once a week, maybe. Yeah, and then not good. it's just sort of sad. They lose, yeah. right? And you win. You're a winner. Yeah, yeah. well, I, try. <laughs> I want to win. You're a winner, yeah. I hope to win. I have hope. I have great hope and great joy. I love it. <laughs> and so let's continue on with your day a little bit more, though, your day in the life of Kathleen Doswell. So we are now, let's just say, we're in the PM. And so what, um, you know, what's part of our ritual? What time do we generally go to bed? Do we do any reading? Do we do any writing? Do we watch some TV? What do we do there? Yeah, I do all of those things. <laughs> I have a journal. I'm going to be better at it now that I learned how to do it better today from you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And sometimes if there's something on television that I want to watch, like USATF Dubai, they had the championship run, track, indoor track. I love that stuff. I'll really? I'll that's watch so that. And also the Tour de France. That that's a rough time of year for me because I have to fit in my workouts and I have to watch the tour. Right. And I have to sleep. <laughs> it's perplexing because it's on live in the morning, it's on repeat at night, and I have my schedule and it doesn't always match up. 
So anyway, so sometimes I do watch TV when I should be sleeping, but then I get a text from my coach that says, why are you still up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that, re, that reminds me of, I oftentimes you will get texts from uh, some of my athletes late at night, and I think the same thing, why, why are you still up? Why are you texting me this late? And, uh, but sacrificing a little bit of sleep when you're watching, let's say, the Tour de France, I mean, first of all, it's not like you're watching uh, Netflix like Jake no. over there and just zoning out. And you're being, doing something productive, whereas yeah. I am rarely... I'm, you know. I'm actually embedding into my brain functional skills that I see other elite athletes performing in person. Yeah, it's like studying for yes, you. Yes, I'm studying. Well, good. That's something productive. I think productive. That's this is good. true, though. No, it's visualization. Yeah. It is. The textbook definition yeah. she just gave of why you it's important to be able to play a movie in your mind. Why and, I need to watch TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good just, TV. Quality good t- TV. Quality TV. Yeah. yeah. Here's another example, though, of you say you watch TV, but it's the it's not how much you lift. It's how you lift it. It's not exactly. how you train. How much you train is how you train. It's not necessarily the TV you're watching, but what you're watching. I watch those track meets to see the form on those runners. Right. Now, does Kathleen Doswell ever, do you, are you ever lazy? Or is there ever a time where you do nothing? It's usually on one of those days on my schedule where it says recover hard. I love it. So Bobby puts recover oh, hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's great. <laughs> That's great. There's no doubt in my mind what I'm supposed to do. Nothing. Chill out. Yeah. I sit in the easy chair with my legs up. Nice. Okay, so when you're sitting in the chair with your legs up, are we reading? Are we watching a movie? Are we playing cards? What are we doing? Probably watching TV and playing games. Playing games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I'm a game addict. You're a game addict. I'm a game addict. Oh, what kind of game? Something. Ever since my sons got that Atari. Okay. That, that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> you're still, you're Is that still, what it was called? Pong? Now I'm dating myself. <laughs> you're still playing Atari. No. Oh. No, no. I've Is advanced to the iPhone games. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So you're, okay. You were doing the iPhone. But now. they're usually productive games like Word to improve your vocabulary. Okay. Or something, other, other ones like that. Mathematic games so you can continue to be able to function yeah and so that's a great example too about what serves you and i like to read a lot and pretty i read a decent amount myself but it's always about it's a book about running or mindset or me too and to me i love that i love that process i don't feel like it's work and so that's for me how i choose to spend my time although there are jake and i have talked about this and i think when too when you're on the podcast there can be some downtime where there's no real purpose except for to zone out and i think that sometimes that is good i just think that you got to watch that and you don't create excuses for yourself there's a certain i think limitation to how much of that downtime you should have that type of downtime and so for me i will put some structure around that so for example 
I have a cutoff time that I will zone out and then it's time for me to read. And so that's something I'll structure into my week. And then some days like today, I'm going to come home from the podcast and work on your programming. So there's no zoning out tonight for me. Uh, that wouldn't serve you. And I have some an opportunity to help you and uh, you came all this way. So I'm probably gonna do that instead of looking at my uh, Netflix list of shows that are not gonna serve you, right? But <laughs> But ultimately, I will have that time in my week and it will probably be Thursday night where I might go see a movie or I might watch a show on Netflix or a few shows and then allow myself to sleep in on Friday. And, and that's OK. But that's how I structure my week. And it sounds like you have some similarities there. Absolutely. And the reading point you make is very good to read. It's always been something purposeful. And that's been a lifelong habit. And it's, and it's interesting to me because I was just, I'm interested, very interested in the Stoics. Oh. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Aurelius, Aurelius. Right. and Seneca and all of those people. And so I read a lot of their works. And one piece of advice that came out this week was, today you need to go pick up a fiction novel or something other than structural reading and read it. I said, well, okay. But it didn't happen. <laughs> Couldn't do it. You don't strike me as the person who's going to pick up like a romance novel about, you know, Fabio. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> right. You remember Fabio? He yes. was really big for a while. Yeah. Fabio, he's, you know, he's on all the novels or he was for a long time. And, uh, you know, that swept up a lot of the imaginations of you know, our uh, readers for, you know, let's say our demographic, my wife, for example, might be in that demographic. She's going to hate me for saying that. But, you know, <laughs> reading the romance novels, that's kind of all uh, part of what I talking about here though is getting yourself to have some purposeful practices that help to serve you. And so let's make the most of our time when we are serving ourselves exactly. over time, we are now gaining knowledge from, I love that you mentioned uh, history, for example, we can learn a lot from our history and that can help to provide us some, some structure for better decisions that we're making today. All right, Kathleen, so let's just talk about nutrition for a little bit. I know that a lot of people probably wanna know how do you eat for these type of goals that are pretty, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty tough to be able to compete as much as you're doing and train as much as you are. And at any age, this would be um, an endeavor that takes a lot of good nutrition to support that. So what, uh, what do we eat in a day, Kathleen? What's a typical day for us? Well, I have to give you a little bit of backstory on this. Okay, great. About the time when I discovered Bobby on the videos, mm -hmm. I, I was purely running. I wasn't actually doing triathlons at the time, although I was cross-training. Okay. And I had started having a lot of a problem that a whole lot of athletes, I found out later, were having. And that is the problem during exercise of GI distress. It's a terrible, embarrassing hard problem, you don't know when it's going to strike you, you're cramp, you get sick, it, all forms of response from the body over this. And I had tried everything I could think of to 
figure out what what my problem was all the way from like starvation not eating and nothing was working and so about the time when i saw bobby on that video i also saw bob sebohar and he is phenomenal olympic trainer he has worked with the different olympic athletes a number of years just like bobby has but on him it was all about uh, strength and conditioning and nutrition. And so I looked him up on the web also, and I decided I want to send him a note and ask him about this problem. And so I did. And he said, we have the solution. Come on out to Boulder. And so I flew out to Boulder, and he has written multiple books, and he has a whole program that he developed called the metabolic efficiency and it's a way of training athletes to eat to fuel their bodies so that they get optimal nutrients and what they need to do their sport and reduce that GI distress and so I went out there and he has tests that he performs and he reviews the results and he helps show you in the graphs and everything where you are and then teaches you the, how to eat and what what the program is and it's a very simple method and and it is ingenious and so i went on that metabolic efficiency eating plan so this test you mentioned are you running a mile as hard as you can oh uh, no 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 oh, what, what okay. you do it's on the treadmill and he okay. hooks you up to the I don't know, gas or whatever, which you put the mask on your... But you're not running at full speed. You're running at an endurance pace. Okay. And they take uh, little blood samples periodically throughout that period of time, and they increase the level of intensity, but only up to a certain point, and then the test is over. And then he can tell where your metabolism is based on the results of those tests and he knows what how to explain to you where your problems are coming from and how the program would work for your eating plan to help get you back on track okay very interesting there's multiple levels of it but for me what worked was a, a reduced level of carbs more protein and vegetables and fat okay mm-hmm. and he uses the hand method so in other words you don't have to measure stuff out or count calories or try to measure your food by uh, i had six grams and i was only supposed to have five it doesn't work that way he uses the hand method and if you want to eat a ratio of one to one where your carbs are one to your protein is one then what amount fits in the size of your hand because he's trained us that everybody's hand is based on their size of their body and from his studying and 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 his years of work in this that is your serving size and it works and you can do four to one three to one two to one one to one depending on where you are in the periodization. He does a periodization plan based on where you are in your training to help you receive optimal results. I love what you're talking about because we talk with our kids about very similar things, right? About with the portion size that you're eating, eating a lot of vegetables, eating 
good quality proteins. And so whether or not we've put them on a treadmill and taken those blood tests, uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to just good quality food that you're putting in your body and keeping track of that. That's it. And, and having just a simple way of measuring. That's, right. that's Exactly. And, and it doesn't there is, have to be this. You don't have to measure everything on a little scale and right. keep track of all of it, right? You can just use your hand. Yeah. And yeah. for those Common sense. endurance athletes yeah. that are specifically interested in the details, there's, there is nutrition periodization for endurance athletes, volume two, that uh, he put out recently. So for you, Kathleen, let's just take a carbohydrate. So what can you fit in your hand that you might put on your plate? Broccoli or asparagus or leafy greens, dark leafy greens. Perfect. All and those then healthy t- kind of what about a protein? Um, you're going to grab a piece of piece fish. Piece of salmon. Piece of salmon. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the size of your hand. Yes. Right. Including the fingers. Right. Including the fingers. Mm-hmm. So this just makes a simple way to portion things out that is probably going to work well for you because the size of your hand is relative to your overall mass. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's perfect. It's a great example. So now, Kathleen, we're going to talk about what's next what is in 2020 for kathleen doswell you're conquering the world here so what possibly could you have next i mean your your your, <laughs> your next goal i mean what what are we going to do next you've already done so much don't we just stop here and just uh, sit down and relax and get lazy i mean what what, what are we what are we going to do next here well first of all i want to add one small little thing to the nutrition sure because that's a big part of being able to do what's coming coming next great and that is the fat metabolism in this eating plan bob zibahar trains a lot of endurance long distance ultra runners and athletes that go for hours and long course triathletes and the the pure beauty of this whole plan is eating that way teaches your body how to burn fat for fuel. So I've been eating that way for a number of years now. It's all my GI problems, and it's also trained my body to burn fat for fuel. And the benefit of that is in 2020, when I am running marathons, because that is what we're working on next, I won't have to be as highly concerned about having as many carbohydrates on board because my body is already efficient at burning fat for fuel. That's that's fantastic. And really, I would just put in there, I have also done the same thing. Excellent. And it was tough the first six weeks, and even I'd say about two-month mark is when yeah. I started to notice that I was improving. And so if you're listening and you're going to try this stick with it and have it early in your training progressions be adapted before you get into your harder phases exactly right and uh, how long did it take you to adapt to this method i think it took me about three months because i didn't we didn't go overboard trying to hurry up and get me adapted i went to see bob out in boulder and then Three or six months later, I went back, and he did another test, and I had progressed. So it it wasn't like we were rushing to get to this end point. We were trying to work with my body to have 
the physiological changes become organic or natural and occur and then maintain them from then on. So uh, that, that would be my advice to do that at the very beginning, like you said, of your training when you're doing your endurance work because that's when you need the, to burn the fat. That's when your body will learn. Absolutely. I was just, I was with a group of athletes and one of the athletes was doing this fat adaption process himself and really got destroyed in a session. He was only a few days or maybe a week into it and said, well, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. It takes time. Yeah, you got to be patient with the process, but uh, I think we can both testify it does, it does work. It works. And you get all of a sudden... You get a burst of energy and you don't know where it came from. That's your clue that it works. Absolutely. It's working. Oh, fantastic. So you are going, your next goal in 2020, though, is to switch over to the marathon. Yes. And I hear that you want to qualify for <laughs> little race. Oh, yes. Boston, is yes. a little race you might have heard of. <laughs> yes. Boston Marathon. That's right. Yeah. And, and we actually started the training a few months ago because we had completed and gotten ready for the Sprint Nationals in August and Worlds in August. Well, you had to be ready in order to do those races at those times. But the way he structured the program was so that he maintained the quality of work that I was doing towards those goals, but also started introducing more of the endurance work for the running to start getting that platform or the base ready for that and so now that the last triathlon is over and probably soon we will be going full steam ahead into the critical period of of training for the qualifying marathon which i'll be doing in jacksonville florida january 5th beautiful but like anything else you've already explained how there's been some incremental improvements towards training for this marathon. And so it's not overnight. You're, no. you're building, building, Adaptation. building. Adaptation. Adaptation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's perfect. And why Boston, by the way? Why is Boston so important to you? Because it's out there. It's like the biggest race of the world in history. I mean, it's phenomenal. That, that race is just incredible yeah i think anybody who's really into uh marathoning you've got to do boston got to do boston so you're going to do boston right i that's the plan i'm going to cim in three weeks and then the goal is to qualify for boston there and yeah same thing i want that nostalgia of being yes. able to go to boston and compete there and for the same reason i mean that's you know john kelly you know that's i mean his, seriously you gotta, you heartbreak gotta, hill who who doesn't want to run that all right well i i'm really just looking forward to the crowd the enthusiasm all of the nostalgia with it but so when you're taking off to virginia so what's your 2020 plan um, well, I'll be in Virginia the rest of this year, not too far from where Kathleen is. So excellent, hopefully we'll excellent. get to run 95 miles. 95 miles. Okay, so it's kind of far, but not too far. Not, not that far. And then... Kathleen after, will bike to you. That's yeah, like, exactly. That'll here. be like, and then we'll be at the same pace probably yes. by that point. <laughs> um, and then after that, I will be going to OCS to be awesome. a Navy pilot, aviator, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's the plan. And then hopefully I'll be back to visit here in Reno too. jump back on this podcast. But I'm excited 
to, you know, get out to Virginia, kind of experience the other side of the country. And I can say, hanging out with you today, I'm definitely inspired to uh, just keep being a successful person and striving to be better. You are just so excited about learning and improving, but so patient with it, which I think is really very inspiring to me. And just that dedication and that patience you have while being so motivated to improve is is very inspiring because everything takes a lot longer than you expect, it's a, it's right? A so enjoying that process the way that you enjoy it is just like very, very inspiring to me. Thank you. So I'm glad I got to spend today and tomorrow with you. Thank you. You're and then very hopefully, also. I'll get to see you over on the other side of the country. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Well, see that, Kathleen, <laughs> you're inspiring. When you're inspiring me, Jake. I don't know. Are you inspired over there? I feel so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's sign you up for Boston then. Yeah, I can do it. All I need is a new pair of shoes. Come on, man. <laughs> I love it, guys. This is what it's all about. And Kathleen, you've really helped to serve that purpose of incremental improvement, but also living a life of legacy that we can really be proud of. There are future generations that I know are listening to this and inspired to do more. There are people even your own age that might get out there and just start off with some walking every day. Just anything that you can do to serve you and get just a little bit better every day. But I mean, I'll just say it at 70 years old to do what you're doing. I don't think anybody has any excuses and I love it because (laughs) you are eliminating the excuses. I know I've already eliminated several excuses in my own mind just being around you today. Me too. I need to do better. I need to be better. I will be better <laughs> right. after hanging out with you. I nice. need to be better too. Yeah, I'm not tired. I just need to be more enthusiastic. I need to learn more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right. Thank you so much for coming Thank today, you. Kathleen. It's been an honor. Thank you're you. you're amazing. Appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> and good luck Thank in 2020. Yes. Thank you. At Boston. And good luck to win. She's going to be inspired to do more as a Navy pilot, which is going to be one of the things that we all are looking forward to hearing more about when you come back, Mm when. But in advance, I would say thank you for serving our country. We need more people like you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Win. Thanks, Jay. And if you found yourself inspired by Kathleen's story and you feel like getting out there and running, we have a great contest going on right now, Matt. It's in conjunction with Reno Running Company. We're giving away a pair of shoes. Yeah, man, I can't wait to get the responses from our listeners. I'm really excited to get some good feedback. And of course, there's some great incentive here. So thank you to Reno Running Company for offering us this very generous gift of a free pair of running shoes. That's right. And all you have to do is write a review on your podcast app and send us an email about it, pendolaproject at gmail.com. Before December 18th of 2019, we're going to pick the best one, the most meaningful one, the most honest. It has to come from the heart. Whatever your favorite topic has been so far or however the show has impacted your life, we want to hear about it because we want to hear how we can better serve you. In the meantime, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can always connect with us there. We'll talk to you next time.